Welcome tonight to Gates of the City. Everybody good tonight? Yes. Good to see everybody. <clears throat> Amen. We're in our series and we're just going to jump right in. Our series entitled Words are the Keys. And they are. Words are the key. They are the keys that unlock every door. <clears throat> in uh, James 3, 2, in the New Living Translation, uh, it's been our foundation scripture, one of them. It says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. You control your tongue, you watch what you say, you only speak God's Word, you only speak what needs to be said, you can control yourself in every other way. Where you're out of control, get your tongue in control, and you'll be in control. That's, right. That's what that says. Let God be true and everybody else's ideas, ideas a bunch of lies. God is true. Let Him be true. Every time you read something like that, you have to embrace that and receive it. Let God be true and let everything else be a lie. Everything else is not true. Nothing else is true. <clears throat> so I want you to think tonight, I'm going to give you a couple things to think about regarding what we've been talking about and what we've been looking at. And um, in James chapter 1, go to the first chapter, and I wanna, I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture out of the New Living Translation, starting with verse 18. And and I'm going to read to verse 26, and then after I read verse 26, I'm going to read the 26th verse again in the Passion Translation. So just kind of follow me because I'm going to, I, want, I want to build something here tonight um, that I want to really drive something home here tonight that actually addresses everything we've talked about to this point. So in James chapter 1 and verse 18, and I want you, as I read this, I want you to see yourself here. <clears throat> he chose to give birth to us by giving us His true Word. And we, out of all creation, became His prized possession. And actually, that has to be something that you see for yourself. I am His prized possession. I am. Amen? I am His prized possession. And then He said, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce 
the righteousness God desires. Human anger doesn't, it, you're not going to get mad at somebody or something or some situation and make it right. When something goes wrong and you get mad, you've just helped screw it up. It's the way it works. So he said, get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the Word of God, accept the Word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your soul, to renew your mind, to change the way you think. But don't just listen to God's Word. Don't just listen to it like you're listening to it tonight. It's not enough. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the Word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, you forget what you look like. You come and you hear the Word taught, you do nothing with it, and you forget the Word. By next Sunday, you can't even remember what was preached. doesn't work. What did he say? You are fooling yourself. For if you listen to the Word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you. In other words, you hear it, you take it and you meditate on it all week, you do something with it, the blessing of God is on your life. Amen. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. And I really like what the Passion says here in verse 26. If someone believes they have a relationship with God, but they fail to guard their words. Somebody says, I have a relationship with God, but you let anything come out of your mouth. Then his heart, that person's heart is drifting away, and his religion, his way of thinking, his, the things that he goes through on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis is shallow and empty. In other words, if you don't control your tongue, nothing else is going to work. You don't control your tongue, nothing else will work. <clears throat> I, I'm, I've learned and continue to learn. It's a continual process, but I have learned the more I fill my day with what God says is so, the more I think like Him. That's right. That anger thing He was talking about, be quick to do what? Be quick to listen first and then speak and slow to anger. Because getting mad at a situation, everybody's got stuff every day that comes at you that you have the opportunity to give in and get mad. And it won't produce the results you're looking for. Mad gets sad. 
right? But learning to listen and do something with what you hear and then begin to process how God sees something, you then begin to have authority over your mouth. You are able literally to control what you say. Because today, I want to please God before I want to please anybody else. I don't want to lie to somebody. I don't want to tell somebody something just to make them feel good. I don't want to say this, do that. I don't want to act a certain way. I want to be who God wants me to be. How about you? Amen? And the way you do that is control what you say. Control what you say. Now, tonight I want to look at, I want us to go to Mark chapter 11. We were there last week and I want to go back there. And uh, I want to read these three verses in Mark 11. Mark 11, 22 and 23 and 24. I'm going to read it in the New King James first. So Jesus answered and said to them, verse 22, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. And I want to break these three verses of Scripture down into three different parts. Faith, saying or what you say, and praying. I want to break down what I, what, I, what I believe in a deeper way today than what I've ever seen before, what I believe that Jesus was trying to get over to His disciples. We, you, we remember that we, we're not going to go back and talk about it and look at it, but this is the story of the fig tree that Jesus cursed. And He didn't just curse fig trees because he couldn't figure out anything else to do. He was cursing the fig tree for a point. He always backed up what he said with examples. And so I'm going to give you some examples tonight of how that we allow the Word, the seed of what's in the seed of the Word of God to do the work for us. Every time you get angry at something you're doing, you're trying to fix it. That will not produce what God wants produced in whatever situation you're facing. I'll say it again. Every time you get angry in a situation, you're trying to fix it. You and I have to learn that what we say with our mouth regarding the Word of God day to day is positioning our lives to allow the seed of the Word to do the work. The manifestation is in the seed itself. But it won't work if you don't believe it. So, every situation that needs to change in your life has to have faith. 
For something to change, there has, faith has to be involved in that situation. And it has to be faith like God. That means it has to, it has to be the faith that God has set up. That's why he said here in verse 22, have the faith of God, have the God kind of faith. Different translations translated out differently, but have faith like God has faith. Have faith in the same way, Jesus is saying, in the same way that I cursed that fig tree and the, and the way the whole process went. And if you go look and go back and read the story, you look at the process of how he cursed it and it, it withered up later. But it was dead when he said it. Because he had faith in what he said. He had faith in the process. It takes that. And it has to be that way. I want to look at this other verse before I come back and address this. I want to look at 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians 4 and 13 says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith is who? Well, you go back to Hebrews 11, and the same spirit of faith that Moses had, same spirit of faith that the three Hebrew children had in the fiery furnace, same spirit of faith that Daniel had in the lion's den, same spirit of faith that Jesus had in everything that he did, He said, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke, we also believe, and therefore we speak. So this whole process is about speaking and believing, believing and speaking. Speaking and believing. The whole process that God has for us to live and operate in is speaking and believing. Has no room for anger. Has no room for the issues and the things of the flesh. That's why he said in that passage that we read earlier, he said, you must... um, He said, so get rid of the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the Word God is planting in your hearts even tonight. Believe in the Word that is being planted in your heart right now tonight. The Word that's been planted in the past, but what's being planted in your heart, and, and what did He say do with it? Do something with it. We're fools if we believe we can hear something, walk out of here, and never give it any more attention. We're fools, is what he said. Me, you, all, anybody. But if we take what we hear, and we begin to meditate on it, and we put it in our ears and in our eyes, and it comes out of our mouth, and we meditate on that word, that word that he's planting 
right now. He's planting it in your heart. What I'm preaching to you is being planted in your heart. What you say every day is being planted in your heart. And in that seed is your manifestations for everything in your life. But if we choose to think, and you know what? I don't think most people, when they're trying to survive and trying to make it in life and trying to not be discouraged by things they don't see manifesting, I think most people are not thinking I'm talking about people that are born again, that are, that are hearing the Word, they're doing something. Most people, they're not looking at it like, you know, I don't need God, I'll figure this out on my own. People aren't consciously thinking that, but we do it when we don't change what we say. See, because you're not big enough, strong enough, talented enough. You don't have enough, no matter how much you think you've got inside of you, you don't have enough in you, just in yourself, to change the course of your life. You're not strong enough. But if you allow the Word that God's planting in your life to make the change, and the seed of that to make the change, it can't not work. And you can have everything that your heart desires. He said He would give you your heart's desires. I don't know about you, but I got some huge desires. I mean, huge. And you know what? If I, if I was to tell you all of my heart's desires that have come to pass, we could sit in here for a while. But it didn't even scratch the surface of the things that are before me. Because the same God that brought other things to pass is bringing even, even things that seem and appear to be more difficult. But in the difficult things, the longer I walk, see, see when, when I saw things come to pass when I had a lot of grace working on my behalf, it seemed, oh yeah, this is awesome. You know, but then when He expected more out of me, then it didn't seem like they were coming as fast. But the more I've pressed into my relationship with God, I have the ability to wait and be patient with expectation. No frustration. There is nothing in any day that I open my eyes and live and exist on this planet, there is nothing for me to fret, be anxious, worried, troubled about. There's not one thing. There's not one, listen to me, there's not one thing that I can fret, be anxious, or worried about, that I can help that thing along. Not one thing. And there's not one of those things that I need to be upset and fretful over. And the more I do, the less I'm in the flow of what He's trying to accomplish. Because all those things are natural things. They're all things in the natural world. Trying to distract you and I, get our attention or whatever, but we don't have to fret anything. He told us not to be anxious or fretful about anything, and if He told us that, to do that, then we can do it. With His help and strength, but we have to do it His way. Did you hear me? So, there has to be faith. And we have to believe and we have to speak. 
Same way that Abraham believed God and he spoke. Same way that Moses believed God and he began to declare. Same way that Jesus believed what the Father said and everything he said came to pass. It's about speaking and believing. Now, back in, the, in, in Mark chapter 11, so verse 22 said, have faith in God. Then he says, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, and we talked last week that mountain isn't a literal mountain necessarily, I guess it could be, but, but his example here is like the fig tree. You know, whoever says to this fig tree, this mountain, this financial situation, this disease that attacked your body, this thing, that thing, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So, in verse 22, he's talking about the fact that we must have faith. In verse 23, he's saying that we have to believe in what we say. We have to believe in what we say. And verse 23 says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Whatever you ask for when you pray. Verse 23 is talking about praying. So, what I'm going to show you here in these three definitions of three words that I'm going to give you tonight, what I'm going to say is, what I'm going to show you is, your saying has to be in line with your praying. And your praying has to be in line with your saying. And I want to show you how this is. Because we've taught, and I've taught you here, and we've taught this for many years, that what prayer is, is a connection to and with God. Prayer is connection to God Himself. It's a connection with Him. So, if, um, if I asked, hey Siri, how do I get to Dallas? Getting directions to Dallas. She didn't tell me, but she showed me. So, starting route to Dallas. There it is. Going to God in the form of supplication is like going to Siri and asking her how to get to Dallas. There's many forms of prayer, and in Mark 11, he's talking about the prayer of declaration. But there's a prayer of supplication, and the word supplication is defined as the action 
or asking for something earnestly or humbly. When we see, when we saw Jesus in Scripture go and pray to the Father, many times He was praying the prayer of supplication to the Father. What is your will? How do I do this? What, what do you want me to do in this situation? How, how, do, how are we going to get across the sea with a tsunami? What do we do and what do, what do I do? So he said, I only do in, and, and, and I only, you know, live in and operate in the things that I hear from the Father and I do exactly what He tells me to do. You and I have to know how to come before God in the form of supplication, asking God about His will for our life. His will for situations that we face. One form. Another form of prayer is a prayer of consecration. And the definition of consecration is the act of knowing what to declare. The act of knowing. So the actions that have to take place for me to know what to say. That's all, that is all, or everything that's involved in that is you and I beginning to believe that what God's Word says is true, and when I find myself in a situation where I'm declaring something, if, if, if there is something that Dale needs in his body and he's declaring something, well, he wants to know what God has for him to say over his body, it's not enough just to say all kinds of things. You don't want to read half the Bible at your body. You want to speak to your body and declare what He says must be declared. Can you say amen? And then the third word is the word declaration. And it is the act of announcing that something is so. The act of announcing that something is so. Supplication is the action of asking for something earnestly or humbly. Coming before God, God, I'm not sure about this. I don't know. God knows what we know and what we don't know. He wants us to come to Him to get the answers. Consecration is the act of knowing what to declare. The process of meditation, spending time with God, having that relationship with God so that I know what to say in any given situation. And then a faith declaration like he's talking about here in Mark eleven twenty three. This faith declaration is announcing that something is so. When, when, when God... I didn't say Siri. You misunderstood me. It's because she's got that Australian accent. <clears throat> what was I saying? Yes. And, and yes, thank you. And God said, God said, light be and light was. Why? Why? 
Because he believed in the process. When he spoke it, he believed that light would be. He didn't believe it after he saw it. He believed that when he said light be, light would be, when he said it, before he said it. Because he did all, he, he went through the acts. I don't, I don't know what he did, how he believed that. He's always been. But we were created in his image, and so we have to do it like him. I mean, I mean, there's us and then there's him, yet we're created in his image. But there's him, and we're not him, but we're us. And we just read, what was the word that 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 New Living Translation used? It used the word um, prized possession. That's me. I am, you are, we are, if we believe it, we're his prized possession. So when he said light be and light was, it's because before he said light be, he knew that when he said light be, light would be. And here lies, you know, just a short version of what it takes to come to a place so that My prayer of declaration gets results. You're in my prayer declarations, my declaring that something is so. It's not going to be so if I don't believe it's going to be so before I say it's so. And I must believe that what I'm saying is so is what he already said is so. And when I do, then I have what I say. You should be saying that over yourself every day. I have whatever I say. I don't know about you, but what that does for me, when I hear myself say that over myself every day, (laughs) and I hear myself saying something out of my mouth that's not pleasing to God, no, you're going to have what you say. Oh, no, get rid of that. No, I'm not going to have what I say. I'm not living that way. No, I want the seed of the word producing the results that I'm looking for in life. Like I told you earlier, all of the amazing manifestations that God has done, we could sit here, I could sit here and tell you, I don't even have to have them written down. Manifestation after manifestation after manifestation, we could sit here for the next probably couple of hours, and I could tell you of the great things of God in the last 44 years of my life. And I'm telling you, I don't believe I've even scratched the surface yet. I mean, I mean, the more, the more and more I live in God, the younger I feel. Yeah. The, more, the more I live in, in the kingdom of God, the younger I feel because I realize, ha, have you realized God needs you? Yeah. Have you realized that? You have to realize God needs I know God needs me, and I've I got to be young. I've got to stay young. I've got to get younger all the time. I've got to get in better shape all the time. I've got to think better. My mind's clear. I'm, I mean, I don't have time to lose my memory. 
No, I have the mind of Christ. I think the thoughts of God. I'm continually moving forward and advancing in my thinking. I'm getting more creative than I've ever been before. How about you? I'm saying. But you have to believe it. And the only way you'll believe it is if you say it. I'm teaching this series because it needs to be said. We're better around here, doing a great job actually, of getting the word out in a, in a better way from this room. It's not just us that is sitting here. Many other people listen to the word that we preach, but it's on purpose because we know it will liberate them and set them free, and people need to hear things that they're not accustomed to. And the devil makes sure that people don't stay accustomed to understanding that their lives will change if they change what they say. Man, he makes sure you don't believe that. He makes sure you don't come around it, that you won't go and listen to the podcast of this again and again and again and again and meditate on it. He'll make sure that you'll be distracted and not want to do those kind of things. He works overtime to keep the Word out of people and out of their mouths because if it starts coming out of their mouth, there's nothing he can do. It becomes like a snowball on a downhill run. It's just growing, 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 growing. You're just getting better, 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 better. More insight, more understanding, more truth. You're getting more healed and healthy and whole. You're you're becoming more prosperous. You're advancing in every way in your life because of what you say. My prayer is every day for you that you believe this. Every day. That you really believe this. I was on the phone the other night. I was on the phone the other night with somebody that is a spiritual son of mine, lives in another town. And uh, I was on the phone with him for about an hour. And he was in a just a in a desperate way. Just in a desperate way. And 45 minutes into the conversation, I got a word in. And all I said to him was this. I wish I could fix your situation. I wish I could fix what's happening. Really didn't have so much to do about with him, but some other family of his. I wish I could fix it, but I'm telling you what will fix it is for you to change what you're saying. And he didn't like that. Who does? I mean, you know, if Josh comes to me and he tells me all these things that are going on, and I say, Josh, what you need to consider is to change what you're saying over this situation. Yeah, but I, I don't want to hear that. I, I don't, that, that. What's that going to do for that, this situation? It'll fix it. Maybe five years from now, but it'll fix it. I mean, I mean God, 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 God is so in the, you, you know, when you find yourself learning to be obedient in a situation in life, now get, hear me when I say this. When you choose to take responsibility for yourself and do what's right, I mean, I kind of feel like God gets giddy. You know what giddy is, right? I mean, he, he, he starts going, oh my gosh, if he'll keep doing the word, 
That'll help fix that one, and it'll help fix this situation, and that situation, and this person. And then, and then if that person gets it, it'll fit. I mean, he, he starts going, wow, somebody's going to do my word, and, it, and it's going it's to fix so many people around me. So many situations that I, that, I fa- that, that I need fixed in the earth because God doesn't come and fix it. He's already fixed it, but it doesn't happen unless people believe that He's already fixed it. That at the right hand of the fa- Father is Jesus, the living Word, with all the answers. And we got to say what He said. And when we say what He said, and we say it enough and we believe it, and then we start making declarations that we really believe are going to come to pass when we say it, you have what you say. It's not a magic trick. It's a relationship. And when you have that relationship with Him, like what we're talking about here, it produces in in ways that in the natural, your head says, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that's going to happen. I promise you, Your head doesn't know jack about what God wants to do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. You're either going to lean into your understanding, or you're going to lean into His. And I promise you, His will get the results. Every single time. Can you say amen? amen? I just want to read Mark eleven twenty two through 4 in the Passion. Just listen to it. <clears throat> Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Mm. Listen to the truth I speak to you. Whoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt, whoever says to the mountain with great faith and doesn't doubt, Mountain, be lifted up, thrown into the sea. He's saying that and believes that what he says will happen, it'll be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer, be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. Be convinced that you've received it when you said it. So, so we don't need to be busy making declaration prayers and declaring just anything off the top of our head. We need to spend time knowing what we know that we know as a result of our confessions, as a result of cleaning up the things that we say. Do, do you think you can just talk bad about people and get away with it? You think you can just, just talk about how bad life is and just everything bad coming out of your mouth and meditating on that and, and get away with that? I mean, in other words, and just overlook it and I'm still going to believe the Word. No, no, no. You're going to believe what you say. What comes out of your mouth is what you're actually believing inside. And to change that, you've got to change what you say. I can't talk bad about people anymore. Hey, and you know what? When you make that decision, I mean, you could, you could get half a dozen phone calls. Did you know what so-and-so did? I cannot believe it. Can you believe that? Why are you not saying anything? Hello? Are you still there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. 
well, can you believe what they said? Uh, I don't know what to say. Bye. I mean, I mean, you, you, you got to get radical with it because it's everywhere. It's so easy to talk back to the point that, I mean, how many times have you had to repent when you purpose not to say anything and you said something anyway and then you got to go back and repent? Because it's so quick to get it out. And the more you work on that, the more it will change your whole life. Everything in your life will change. Everything. You'll become, you'll become creative. You'll have discernment. You'll, you'll walk in wisdom and understanding like you've never walked in before. You'll have answers for every si- single thing that you face in life. Right. You know why? Because you're not under pressure. You don't feel pressured by the circumstance to get it done. You ever gone to buy a new car? And the salesman tried to make you believe there wasn't another car like that on the planet. <laughs> what I've learned is, um, you're working for me, buddy. Shut up. Sit down and find me a car. And this is what I'm going to pay and I'm not paying another dime. I don't say shut up, but you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> but I do say, you're working for me. Because I'm tired of them. And, and you know what? If, you, if you, you're in the car business or somebody in, you know somebody in the car business and they're honest and all that kind of stuff, okay. But I've been in the car business for years. I was in the car business before I got in the ministry. I've dealt with, I have car dealer friends and, and people. And um, some of them, them are not real honest. And some of them are not real nice. And some of them take advantage of people. I'm just saying some of them. Okay? You know people that don't, then bless them, whatever. But I'm saying when you're in the driver's seat and you know what you believe, you don't have to be ugly about it, but you're going to make declarations and say things because you know that you can have something that is right. And you don't have to be taken advantage of. And that's what the Word produces. Every situation you'll ever find yourself in, you have to have discernment. You have to hear God. Nothing is going to be cookie cutter, not when you're led by the Spirit of God. You want to just do what everybody else appears to do and the way things appear to be and seem to be, then, then, then flow with that and go with that. But you're going to always be up and down and up and down and up and down. But when you're in the kingdom and you're listening to the voice of God, every situation you find yourself in, you may go to that car dealer and he may be in desperation for a paycheck. And God may tell you in your spirit, give him all the money. Everything he's charging, you know you can get the car cheaper and he'll take it to his F&I guy and he'll come down on it and he'll do whatever and all these kind of things. But you know what? That guy needs it. Holy Spirit may say that to you. Would you do that? Every situation is different. I don't care what it is. God's teaching us how to be led by the Spirit, hear his voice, not be angry people, you know, you know, you can be matter-of-fact and not be angry. You can tell people how something is going to be because it's right. Because, see, the love of God doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices when right and truth prevail. See, that's a part of the love of God. Somebody said, well, you, you know, you were real direct with that. That's not very kind. No, I'm just telling you the way it is. You don't have to apologize for that, but you do have to apologize for angry. And see, people don't know how to discern the difference, but when you're a doer of the Word, 
and you're putting the word in your life and you're becoming, you're, you're understanding and having discernment in situations, you'll know the difference that we, in, in being direct about something and being ugly about something because anger will never produce the righteousness of God. All that saying is, you're trying to fix it. And I don't know about you, but I've tried to fix a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and, and I got myself in a bunch of trouble. Amen? You told a good example of that on Sunday in your little testimony about she was going to get angry at somebody that was driving too slow in traffic, and she pulled up beside that person. It was me. You just never know who you're fixing to uh, encourage. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people I've done that to. Uh, a, a guy, I can't, remember, I can't remember his name now. I knew him at the time, but he was the mayor back in the, like, the early 90s. Who was the mayor of the early 90s in Kerrville? I can't remember what his name was. I can see his face, but I can't remember. <laughs> I pulled up beside this guy, and I'm thinking... Oh, man, he's just aggravating me, you know, and I just wanted to give him one of those looks, and it was the mayor, and I was, hey, good to see you, man. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mayor. At the end of the day, no matter who it is, all you got to do is just back off, slow down, let him go, go around, take an extra 30 seconds to get where you're going. <laughs> I mean, 30 seconds, my gosh, what about the day? Take what I'm saying tonight. It's real. It's true. It liberates your life. Amen. I pray that your eyes are open, your ears are open, that you see clearly every day to allow the Word to mold and make and transform your life on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm telling you, our best days are here right now and before us. Can you say amen? Our best days.